It's very nice, Eloise. All right. Bernie's mom is coming Friday. You may, get, you may get to meet her Saturday night at our Saturday night light, and you may get to meet her Sunday morning. We want to meet her because we want her to tell us all kinds of stories about Bernie. All right, we like we need some more. Yeah. All right. Somebody tell me something good. What's her name, by the way, Bernie? Victoria. Victoria. Let's be praying for and welcoming Victoria. Somebody else. Anybody? Tell me something good. Rick. Now, when somebody, yeah, when somebody says that, everybody says, well, that's good, you're alive. But when you just got out of the hospital with a heart attack and they put things in your heart, uh, that, is, that is a good thing to be alive. And you'll notice out of, out of Rick's pocket, there's these two little battery things like this. Those are jumper cables. So if he, you know, if he happens to see him kind of sleeping, dozing on, zip, zap him a little bit, hook him up. Is that, that wasn't you? Maybe it's somebody else. But we're glad you're healthy, glad you're here. All right. Somebody tell me something good. I see something good. Stella's here. That is a good thing. We're glad you're here. Excellent. Excellent. Now, Stella, if you want to sit by somebody nice, you can come up here. Or sit by me, all right? Oh, uh, yeah, she's got the best of it. And I didn't see Dolores a minute ago. She was hiding behind Ashton, all right. Um, yes, tell me something good. Where's Jennifer? I don't see. There she is, all right, hiding behind the baby. Jennifer got a brand new life on Sunday, and we thank God for that, don't we? All right, last call. Tell me something good. Manuela's home, feeling good. That is, that's good news. Uh, we got everybody that went down to the wedding in Houston. We got them back safe. Um, Mike spent some time at the doctor's, and he's back here healthy, or not healthy, but he's uh, with us. We like that better than with them. Uh, last call. There's a lot of good stuff going on. Oh, that's good. That is good. We thank God for them. And if you'll get me the landlord's name and address, zip code and all that, we'll uh, send him some thank you cards because that, that's a, that is a kind thing. That's a very kind thing. All right, you got your Bible? Find Proverbs. Now, those of you who are just getting started in Bible study, the way to find Proverbs is go to the very middle of your Bible. The very middle of your Bible. Okay? Go to the very middle of your Bible and it'll probably take you to a book called Psalms. When you get to Psalms, turn to the right. Turn to the right. And the next book over is Proverbs. Everybody needs it. We're going to be in Proverbs chapter 4 because today is January 4.
right? And for those of you who have not been here, those of you who have not heard, one of the things we try to do as a group, as a family, as a church, whatever you want to call us, a mess, we try and once a year at least devote special attention to reading the Proverbs, to seek the wisdom and will of God. And we let the calendar date tell us what chapter to read, okay? Now, to get us warmed up a little bit, I need us to go through the first eight chapters. Now, some of you were in, some of you were in a class we had, we had a boot camp on Proverbs, and you learned these things. If you need one of these little outlines, uh, we'll get you one. We won't use it today, but you can have it for later. Um, chapter 1. What do, you, what do we say on chapter 1? Fear God. Everybody say fear God. It's the beginning of wisdom. The beginning of knowledge is to fear God. So if you want to work things out in your life, you start there. What's the first one? Everybody say it. You had chicken. Say it. Number two. Number two, you do your fingers like this, is you walk with good people. If I'm walking with good people, that means I'm going a good direction, not a bad direction. So you walk with good people. What's number two? Walk with good people. Everybody say it. Walk with good people. So number one? Fear God. Number two? Walk with good people. Number three. Now I, this one's hard for people to know. It just sticks in my head. But if you... Uh, I used to do this for uh, check your pulse and I changed it to get a grip. So I, I don't know how you're going to remember it except the way it was illustrated to me the other day. said you just grab both hands around your throat and get a grip. Alright, so everybody say get a grip. And sometimes that may be the very thing you need to stop doing the foolish you're doing and start doing the wise you need to be doing is you got to get a grip. Say get a grip. Number one. Number two. Number three. Number four is what we're on today. In fact, that's all. That, we're just going to go to four today. Uh, we'll work on those others on Sunday. But four is put your four fingers like this over your heart. He's going to teach us today to guard your heart. Say it. One more time. Number one. Number two. Number three. Number four. Guard your heart. All right. Now I can't, I got to do one whole hand. Number five, do your hand like this. It's like a blinking light. It means danger, danger, danger ahead. Everybody say danger ahead. Danger ahead. You see a flashing light, that means you... Pay attention. You pay attention because there's danger ahead. Number one. Number two. Number three. Number four. Five. Danger. Now let me tell you. Catch your breath. Let me tell you why we're doing this. Sixteen years ago this... Oh. Almost seventeen years ago now. We're closer now. Almost seventeen years ago. My world, I blew my world up, and I said, I did it. I'm not blaming anybody. I did it. I made selfish, foolish, sinful, shameful, damning, and damaging decisions, choices that cost me, that 
cost me my self-respect, cost me my job, cost me my family, cost me my life that I knew as life. It cost me my home. It cost me my time. My life was, uh, within just a matter of days, was reduced to the car I was driving, which was a blessing to have, the clothes I was could put in that car, and that was a blessing to have, and a little coffee table that my parents had given me when my wife and I had first got married. My world was over. Uh, I wanted to die, planned on dying, tried to die, begged God to help me die, and uh, when He refused, I, I can I still remember where I was sitting. I was sitting on the bed in the back bedroom at my house where I grew up, with my mom and dad in the other room. I'm sitting in the same room I was in at five years old, and now I was almost 50. And I was sitting on that bed, and I no dramatic effect. I was, I was crying like a baby. I was sobbing. My life was over. But it dawned on me, and what I was sobbing about this day is I, I'd come to the conclusion that God wasn't going to let me die. And so I was sitting on that bed, and I was praying, God, if I've, if I've got to live, if you're going to keep me living, then I'm going to have to do something different. I'm going to, ha- I, I'm going to let you make my decisions. I'm going to let you direct my steps. I'm going to let you help me. Because uh, the way I had chosen to live, the way I had chosen to live, hadn't worked. In fact, it caused me to be right where I was. So I started reading the Proverbs with this thought, I want to learn to live my life God's way. Now, listen to what I'm saying. I thought I had done that before. I knew the verses, y'all. Asked me verses about church house stuff, and I could quote them. Probably had already preached them. But I didn't know how to live. So I asked God, help me learn how to live. It's in that reading that I began to think this thought, and I'm sure somebody else thought it before. I don't remember ever hearing it this way. But it dawned on me that it's always right to agree with God. And I needed to simplify my life. I needed to quit worrying about what somebody else was thinking. I needed to quit worrying about what everybody else was going to say. I needed to quit worrying about what everybody else was going to think. And I needed to focus on what did God want me to do. And so I started reading the Proverbs trying to rebuild my life. Um, I still got a long way to go. But I my life was changed by the wisdom and the will of God I found in these words. And that's why I think every year, as long as I get to be a part of this place, every year we're going to do this because I believe if I need it, maybe you also need it. Right? So let's breathe out first before we do any study from God. Tell me one reason you need God's wisdom. Tell me one reason you know you need God's wisdom, that it's time for you to start agreeing with God instead of everybody else. The one who made you knows you best. Proverbs is like an owner's manual. He knows you best, and if he accepts you, if he wants what's best for you, why can't you do the same for yourself, right? Why do you need wisdom? Zimri.
Why do you need wisdom, Catherine? Because I'm an alcoholic addict, and it's making my life very selfish. And I don't know how to make such a decision. I've spent, I've made all my decisions up to this point for me, without any consideration for anybody else. And uh, in Proverbs, it's not like that. It's what God says, not what I say. I was in a conversation with a man that I count to be a very wise, uh, a genuine, genuinely blessed man that I count as not only a brother but a friend, make the observation just not long ago uh, that I had not put these words to it, but it makes such sense. He said, it's been my observation in, over these years that people that have an addiction are very self-centered, selfish people. I'm looking back at my life and some of the messes I've made of things, that's the truth. It's because I was trying to take care of me, trying to please me, trying to get what I wanted. I wasn't thinking about anybody else. Um, last call. Why did you need wisdom, James? Well, I used to be really bad at this. Well, or should I say really good at it? Yeah, I'm going to say really, I was really good at it, and that was uh, speaking and acting before I thought. Mm-hmm. And I think with God's wisdom, I want to be really bad at that. You know? <laughs> That's a good way to say it. That's a good way to say it. I told you why I needed wisdom. That was 16 years ago, and guess what I've learned in my life? I needed as much today. And my life is not near the shambles it was then. My bank account's better. I still got my coffee table. (laughs) Um, Those of you who know me know what I mean by that. I've got you. I didn't have you then. My life's much better. God's blessed me in ways that I could have never imagined. Would have never prayed even, didn't pray for God to bless me because I knew I didn't deserve it. But God did that for me. So, but I still need this wisdom. I still need His direction, even now. So if you're sitting in this room and your life is a wreck, I mean, serious, if you've just lived, your life's in a mess and you're trying, you want to start rebuilding your life, I'm going to recommend that you start with us these Proverbs. Reading them with us. Talking about, don't miss, don't miss a Wednesday. Don't miss a Sunday. Don't miss lady, ladies on Thursday night. Don't miss a, a Saturday morning. Don't miss, there's, a, there's stuff going on all week long. Find some place where you can be a part of this. And if you can't be here to be a part of this, or you can't be in somebody's home where this is being a part of this, do it on your own. And if you've got a phone, text the folks that you've got numbers for and tell them what you're learning and they'll do the same for you. I get, a, I get several texts all day long, which helps me. I hadn't been much help on those and I've been appreciating that work that uh, 
especially Anita's been doing it, and Julie, they've done a world of good in that thing. Now, point is all that. If you're here and you want to rebuild your life, this is a good place to start. If you're here and your life's already okay, you got the walk down, you know how it is. Or, or if you're one of, the, and I don't, we don't have many of these. Once in a while, you get church people, you know. You know, church people, they got the right kind of walk. They hold their Bible just right. They got the right kind of handshake, and they change their voice when they start talking about the Bible. They can say, "How you doing? It's good to see you." And the Lord said, <laughs> and they'll lick their teeth when they say, I "Love you." <laughs> When you meet somebody like it, put your hand on your billfold because they're after it. All right, now the point is, if you are rebuilding your life or you're just needing a tune-up, let me encourage you to start reading the Proverbs. Now, everybody, everybody in this room, and this is going to catch us all, who is somebody's son or daughter, and some, anybody in this room who is somebody's mother or grandmother, father or grandfather, listen to these words. Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning so, that you, so do not forsake my teaching. When I was a boy in my father's home, still tender and only child of my mother, he taught me and said, Lay hold of these words with all your heart. Keep my commands and you will live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forsake my words or swerve from them. Now I want you to watch this. He talked about his father teaching the son who is now teaching his son. You see what's happening? What does God want to happen? He wants you to pass this on. My grandparents were not Christians. My grandparents were good people, kind people, men and women of character, strength. But they could not teach me the Word of God. My mother was my first teacher. My father, well, my mother taught me the words of the Bible. My dad taught me the walk of the Bible. They taught me these things as I was growing up. And the intent was for me then to teach them to my children. But if I taught them to my children, then what's the intent? It's for them to teach them to your children. Now some of you did not. Some of you got plucked out of chaos by God. You didn't have a mom and dad that loved you. You didn't have a mom and dad that taught you. They didn't care for you. They didn't treat you like you should have been. And I hate that. I'm sorry for that. But now God has placed on you this privilege, this responsibility, this opportunity. He wants us to teach this to our children. And if you don't have children, teach it to the, next, the children that are sitting next to you. Teach them to the children across the street, down the road. Teach them to the children in your schoolroom. Teach them to the children that come by and sell candy at your door. Pass these things on to children. So much so that they'll do what? Pass it on. If you have not, if you do not, if you have not spent any time with Antonio and Consuelo, if you've not spent any time with them, I, I demand you do it. If I can demand it, find time to sit and visit with them. Show up at their house. They'll love me saying that, all right? <laughs>
<laughs> but I'm telling you, listen to them talk. Listen to them talk about what they want to pass on to their children, what they wanted to pass on to their children, and now what they want to pass on to their grandchildren. They are thinking this way already. They want to pass these things on to their great-grandchildren. I want the same thing. But to pass something on, folks, it's not just something. You don't just bring them to church so they can have a little bit of Bible class. No. It's not even yelling at them when they're getting out of the car going into school. No. Passing these things on is a day by day, several times a day, a part of your life kind of thing. God will say you do it when you get up in the morning and when you go to bed at night. When you walk in the way, or drive as our case would be, or when you sit in the house. Are you, and I'm just asking us, are you holding on to the wisdom of God in such a way that you can pass it on to somebody? I'm not talking about you telling them what you think about stuff. I'm telling you, you pass on the wisdom of God about stuff. Make sense? So, well, maybe this fits all of us, right? Maybe all of us have a responsibility. Not only to hold on to this wisdom for us, but to pass it on to someone else. Keep reading. Verse 6. Do not forsake wisdom. She will protect you. Love her, and she will watch over you. There are people sitting in this room who live with a, in a constant state of dread. They feel a kind of constant state of anxiety because they don't know what's going to happen. It's true. There are people in this room that live in a constant state of anxiety. What's going to happen? What am I going to do if this happens? What am I going to do if that? And you, you really, you work yourself up almost into a frenzy. And some of us get to that point that we lose that ability to to think clearly because we get so panicky and we start making some really silly and foolish mistakes. Anybody been there? Yeah. There are people in this room that when things start going really good for them, they start looking around because what do they think is going to happen? Man, if something good's going to, the bottom's going to fall out. Something's going to happen. That's right. That's the way we think. What did he say wisdom would do? It'll protect you. Keep your eyes on wisdom and you don't have to look over your shoulder. Now that doesn't mean that there aren't bad things that aren't going to happen. It doesn't mean that there aren't going to be some things that hurt. It doesn't mean that things are going to be wonderful. Your bank account's going to grow and your children are going to love you. No, no, I'm not saying all that. I'm just saying wisdom. I, I didn't write it. God said it. That settles it, right? Wisdom will protect you. Quit. You don't have to look over your shoulder. Because what happens when you're looking over your shoulder? You don't see what's ahead. What's going to happen? You're going to run in the wall. And he kept, keep running into the wall very often. What's going to happen? You're going to knock your fool self out. That's what you're going to do, right? Now, I had a kid in my office not long ago, and I was talking about needing to repent, change your life, make that turn. And I said, if you just keep hitting that wall over and over again, what's going to happen? And that kid said, that wall's going to fall down. <laughs> well, that kid... Well, there wasn't anything I could do for him. God's just going to poke him into heaven through the fool's hole. Because, I mean, there's no way. You can't knock that wall down, y'all. Try it. And I had a kid in jail actually do it. I did. I said, you keep fighting. She, it's a girl. She kept punching the wall. She'd come to my sessions and her whole hand would be back. What'd you do? She said, I hit the wall. 
I said, why'd you do that? Got mad. That makes a lot of sense. I'm mad at Kelly, so I'm going to punch the wall and hurt myself. That's, I'm mad. I think I'm going to just lick the, the oven. Okay. I'm mad. I'm mad at you. I'm going to run the car over my foot. I'm mad at you. I'm going to go stand out in traffic. You know, you're going to get mad at somebody that you hurt yourself. Does that make sense? Guys, we've done it. We got mad at our parents, so we kept banging into the wall. We got mad at our mates, and we got an excuse. I think I'll just hit myself in the head is what I'll do. We can, if you seek wisdom, what will wisdom do for you? It'll protect you. So keep your eyes on wisdom, and you won't be banging into any walls. You'll be able to walk that, what kind of path? That straight path. Now look at verse 7. This one you need to mark. This one you need to mark. And I'm going to ask you to tell me why you need to mark it when I say it. Wisdom is supreme, therefore get wisdom. Though it costs you all you have, get understanding. Why do you think I said that verse needs to be circled, underlined, memorized, tattooed to your forehead backwards so you can read it when you look in the mirror? Why? It's where you have to start. Why do you think I thought it needed to be marked? You gotta let it go of everything else. Why do you think I think it needs to be marked? I'm sorry? It's so simple. Didn't say easy, simple. Last call. Y'all are still being way too smart for me. Because without the wisdom you have no understanding. You got no understanding if you don't have wisdom. When God says something is supreme, I loved your answers. You were good answers. But again, you're being too smart. If God says something supreme, what does supreme mean? Best. It's the best. So when God tells you something's the best, what do you think you might ought to get your, in your head? It's the best. I want me some of that, right? Now, honest, what were you taught was the best? And maybe not taught, what did you grow up thinking was the best? And I need real honest answers. Don't be, give me some Sunday school stuff. What did you think growing up did you think was the best? Did you hear what Danielle said? We do it. Some of us grew up thinking that being with someone, I'm not talking about talking. I'm not talking about talking. I, to get married, to be, to have that some person that you love. I mean, because, and, and you look at all the movies, you look at the magazines, and they all make it look so wonderful. I mean, listen, how does the woman dress for her wedding? in this beautiful white gown that she is never going to wear again. Guess when? The next time she's going to act like she acts on that day. Never again either. She takes off the dress. She takes off that hat. I promise you it happens. I love you ladies, but after that dress, you were gone. Now, I don't know where that lady went. And that guy's the same way. Once he pulls off that tux and he stops looking like that cake decoration, he's, he's out of there. And you watch a movie 
You watch a movie, back in the old days, you could see the now, you watch movies now and you better turn it off because it's porn. But I mean, in the old days, the man and woman stood in front of the church and the woman's, the, the minister said, till death do his part and you may kiss the bride and they kiss and it's a nice kiss. It's not like, you know, they're not trying to eat each other's faces. It's a nice little kiss. And they go on their, and they come to their honeymoon, they get to their motel and he picks her up and he carries, it's a really nice picture. And, and then she goes in and and changes into her beautiful negligee and he changes into them weird looking pajamas that no man ever wore in the history of the world but he's wearing pajamas and they get into bed and they roll over and they kiss each other and then it fades to black and then you're just left with your imagination that we're grown ups we know what takes place and then the next scene you see is they are in bed it's the next morning after their night of honeymoon love making her hair is in place her gown is well they would be because she'd spray paint them on he's still in his pajamas she's still in that beautiful negligee his hair is still combed none of this you know their faces are clean. There's no little eye boogers in there or anything. There's no drool on the pillow. And they roll over and they kiss each other right on the mouth and say, I love you, Mr. Boys. I love you, Mrs. Are you kidding me? You kiss a woman on the mouth that early in the morning, you will die. Morn I don't care how much you in love. Morning breath is still morning breath. And you say, I love you too. Don't you go brush your teeth. Yeah. <laughs> Wisdom is supreme, y'all. It's the best. Wisdom's the best. Not finding that special someone. That's not the best. Finding wisdom is the best. What'd you grow up thinking was the best? What'd you grow up thinking was the best? They made a bumper sticker about it. Yeah. Stuff. And I love you, but some of you still got that mentality. I need more stuff. I need this toy. I need that tool. I need this thing or that thing. And we got warehouses, storage buildings, garages and attics full of stuff. And the other word applies. I'm just not allowed to say it. Tre treasures, that's it. <laughs> What God say was supreme? Wisdom is the best. Wisdom is supreme. Not that special someone. Not that bunch of stuff. And some of us grew up thinking happiness was where it's at. And I'm not going to let you say it because I'm going to beat you to it. Because you're scared of, if you say it, you know what I'm going to do. And so you're not going to say, I want to be happy. There are people in this room still. That's their goal. I just want to be happy. I just want to be happy. Do you realize you're, not ever, you're never going to find it? You're never going to get there. You know why? Because the moment you get what you, makes you happy, what happens? The moment changes. I love you, I love you but I, I listen to some of you mamas, and I'm serious. I've heard it in my own house, and I've had this conversation to them privately, and I've had it with them in, in, when they were sitting in this room publicly. Little Owen is... Uh, 
so much fun and she is so cute and she's got those little beautiful little, I mean she is, I love being around that baby. But they'll say, oh it makes me so sad that she's growing up so fast. I want to smack somebody. Stop that. You want that baby to grow. If that baby stopped growing, then you'd go, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Stop that. Be thankful for the growth. Be celebrating the growth. Look what she can do now. Then this little old dainty girl, her mother's already got her wearing little tutus and stuff, and she loves the, the frillier the tutu and the bigger she better. But I've had my influence. She's got a rocking horse. And so she puts on her little tutu. And then she go crawls up on that horse. And she goes to ride. And, whoa, and it, it's tilting way back. And it's almost coming over the front. And she's going, yee-haw. <laughs> I love every minute. But guess what I'll do tomorrow? I won't miss what happened yesterday. I'll be grateful for what's taking place today. That's the way I, I think that's the way God wants us to be. But the same thing is true. The same thing is true about some points in your life. You'll say, oh, I wish I could just stop my life right here in this moment. This is the best it's ever been. Oh, no, 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 no. I understand. Enjoy that moment. Hang on to it as long as you can. But don't be afraid to move on to the next one. Because guess what could happen tomorrow? A better one. A better one. And you're right. You might not wake up tomorrow. If I don't wake up tomorrow, <laughs> if I don't wake up tomorrow, somebody tell me how I'm going to feel. <laughs> yeah! That's how I'm going to feel. Because the moment I go to sleep tonight, and I, if I wake up in glory, am I going to... Oh, I really, I, I really miss. I can't, I'm sorry I can't be there for Wednesday night chicken. I'm, I'm going to love you, and I'll wait for you, but I ain't going to wait, you know. I'm not going to come back and get you. All right? Wisdom is supreme. It's not being happy. It's not having a special someone. It's not having all the stuff or having all the money that you can buy all the stuff. Uh-uh. Wisdom is supreme. So what did God say? Get wisdom. If it costs you everything you have. It, and then listen to me. If it costs you time. I just don't have time to read my Bible. That's not true. That is not true. You're lying to yourself. You have time to seek God's wisdom. You put a Bible in the reading room of your house and you can read a chapter, I promise. During one session, you can read one chapter of Proverbs, right? You don't even have to read fast to get through it in one session. Seek God's wisdom. Put it by your bed. I tell you what. Put your Bible, open your Bible to that Proverbs and put it on top of your TV remote. You know what I don't get though? And it irritates me. I've done it before. I don't understand why the human mind works that way. We've chased after men, we've chased after the bottle, women, drugs, whatever it may be. We've lost our whole perspective of what, like our whole image we can lose over nothing and we can not lose it for five minutes, ten minutes. We can waste years doing that. And we we don't see the bigger picture of just sacrificing our time to learn his wisdom. Yeah. 
That's why it's always right to agree with God. If he says do it, do it. Like we can waste five minutes being mad. Like today, I forgot, sorry, I'm going off track here, yeah. but you, something good. I woke up late today, 5.45, my alarm went off. Somewhere along the lines, I fell back asleep. I didn't wake up till 6.59. I got the kids ready, got them off to school, and I got to work by 8. Um, my day didn't go as planned. The computers went down. People were calling left or right about statements, payments. I couldn't look anything up. But not once, to my knowledge, did I let the negativity of every setback like take control of my whole day. That was my something good. Did you have a drink today? Water. <laughs> and I didn't. I'm so did you hear like, that? You know, did like, you hear like that? Just In the past, if you had had a day like that? I would have probably been drunk by like 9 o'clock yeah. in the morning. Wisdom is supreme. Mm -hmm. You do whatever you got to do to get it. If you've got to get rid of every relationship you've got. Well, you know, that's our family. I'm fine. Say bye to family because wisdom is supreme. Yeah, but I love him. Yeah, he's a dog. Dump him. <coughs> yeah, but I love her. She's a dog. Dump her. I, yeah. Get wisdom. Get wisdom. It's supreme. Get wisdom. Keep reading. Esteem her and she will exalt you. Embrace her and she will honor you. She'll set a garland of grace on your head and present you with a crown of splendor. You want glory? You'll find it in wisdom. Try it. Test God. See if it works this way. Listen, my son, accept what I say, and years of your life will be many. I guide you in the way of wisdom and lead you along the straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Quit looking over your shoulder. Put wisdom in your sights and start seeking her, hunting her, pursuing her. Hold on to instruction. Do not let it go. Guard it well, for it is your life. Don't set your foot on the path of, of the wicked or walk in the way of wicked men. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn away from it and, and go on your way. Did you hear what he said? you got to make a decision. God is not... The guy said it in this room, standing right almost in this very spot. He said, man, I'm mad at God. And I said, what are you mad at God for? And I'm not ashamed of him saying that because that's God's big enough to handle our anger. I said, what are you mad about? He said, well, because God didn't keep me from this sin. And I thought, this is interesting. i got to hear this. So I pushed my chair back like this, and I sat down so he could tell me about it. And he went to telling me this horrible, selfish, shameful story. And he kept saying, I kept telling God, God, if you don't want me to go through with this, you send somebody to stop me. Okay, hang on. Is it God's responsibility to avoid the path that you don't travel? No, in fact, if he tried to stop you, what would you do? What did you do? You'd find a way. You'd get, old, you'd get there where you wanted to. No, this is our responsibility. You want to stay out of trouble? You can stay out of trouble. You want to stay sober? You can stay sober. You want to stay clean? You can stay clean. You can. You can. You've got to make that decision. Keep reading. 
They cannot sleep till they do evil. They are robbed of slumber till they make someone fall. You know these folks. Some of you married them. They eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. The path of righteousness is like a first gleam of dawn, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. My son, pay attention to what I say and listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. This is my next... This is my next project, my personal project. I'll let you decide what you're going to do. I tried a couple of years ago, and I got you started doing it, memorizing one thing out of the book. Before I die, before I die, I want to have these words memorized. I want them to lay, hold them within my heart so that I don't have to look here in the book to find them. I can find them in my head in my heart. So I'm gonna, of course, if I'm doing it, guess what? Guess what? Say it again, Daniel. <laughs> y'all are going to... Daniel just volunteered for y'all to do it with me. All right. Now verse 23. And this is where we'll tie the knot. Above all else, guard your heart. Stop. Above all else, guard your heart. Why do you think that verse ought to be circled in your Bible? Why do you think it ought to be imprinted in your mind? Because God says above all else. So if God tells you this is the first thing of the first things, if He says this is the first thing of all things, if this is above all other things, if He tells you it's above all other things, what do you think maybe ought to be the first thing you do in the morning? Look at it. What's the first thing you ought to do in the morning? Guard your heart. Now, there's two things about guarding. All right? A guard is meant to keep bad things or bad people out. Why does the guard stand at the bank? Why does the guard stand at Fort Knox? Why does the guard stand around the president? Why? To keep bad people away from them. Some of you have kicked the door wide open to your heart and you will let anybody, you've let anybody come into your heart. You've let them toy with your affections. You've let them confuse your thinking. You've let them do that because, because I love them. Because I can change them. If I love them enough, I can change them. Or because Jesus brought them into my life. Jesus, it's a Jesus thing. He brought them into my life. And he's going to be good, and he's going to be good spiritual encouragement for me. That's right. And when he doesn't agree with that, he's just going to Yep. I saw another hand. Oh, he's the father of my babies. I don't want to be alone. What's above all else? I, I didn't hear you. One more time. So what is the number one priority God has for you, for me, on this day? Number one priority. Guard your heart. Whose job is that? 
Well, my parents, they didn't do a very... Now, my parents were good, but I'm just I'm mocking some of you who say that. Uh, my, my parents, they didn't... And I'm sorry your parents... I'm serious. I'm sorry. I'm not making light of that. I'm sorry your parents didn't do that. Mine did. Thank God they did. Think of what a mess I could have been. But it's not your parents' responsibility now. It's not your kids. Well, my kids, I just get so worried about my kids. I get so worried about my kids, I can't go to work. I get so worried about my kids, I can't behave like an adult. I get so worried about my kids, I can't take care of my kids. Does that make sense? But I hear it all the time. But I'm worried about my kids, I can't be a human. Like, no! It's not, your, it's not your kid's responsibility for you to guard your heart. It's not your parents' responsibility to guard your heart. It's not the man you love, the woman you love. It's not their responsibility. Whose is it? And sometimes the person you need to guard your heart from is... Above all else, guard your heart. You've got to keep bad stuff out. So why would you let a person into your life that's bad for you, and you know he's bad for you, know she's bad for you, but you let them in your life? No, guard your heart from that person. Yeah, but they're kin to me. Sorry. God said, above all else, guard your heart. You keep bad people out. Go ahead. You got to keep bad stuff out. Now I'm going to say this: We don't have long. We, I need to get you the kids because the teachers are over there threatening to mutiny. But why would you invite stuff on your television, computer, or phone? Why would you invite things that are not good for your heart? Your job is to guard your heart. Even if that means you don't ever get to have any fun. Okay, I'm fine. I'm okay with that. Guard your heart. Keep the bad stuff out. But a part of guarding is also to keep things in. The guard stands there not just to keep the robbers out. It's to keep the money in, right? There's some good stuff in your heart. I believe it. The fact that God made you, made you in His image, guess what? There's something good in you. I don't care if somebody else sees it. I don't care if anybody else notices it, but God in heaven knows it, right? God in heaven knows it, right? And because He knows... Well, let's see. It's always right. It's always right to agree with God. And so if God sees the good in you, if God sees the good in you, is He right? So then you guard your heart. And His point is because that's where your life comes from. Everything that takes place in your life starts first in your heart. So you want to take, make a good job, take, make a good effort at the job of guarding your heart. Verse 24 through 27 is our prayer. God help us put away perversity from our mouth. Keep corrupt talk talk from our lips. God, help our eyes look straight ahead. Help our eyes fix, fix our gaze directly 
before you. Make our paths level for our feet. And help us only take those ways that are firm. Don't, God, don't let us swerve to the right or to the left. And help us keep our feet from evil. Amen. Thanks, folks. Hug somebody, whether you like them or not.